We are joined by our good friend, John Schwab, from the Curtain Call podcast and CurtainCallOnline.com. John, first off, how are you and your family doing over there? Oh, thank you, Matt. It's really good to hear uh, hear your voice. Um, we're doing good. It's my son's 18th birthday, so oh, wow. uh, it you know, happy birthday, Jack. <laughs> um, it, it was my youngest uh, on the 17th. He's t- he turned 12, so we've had two birthdays in lockdown. Oh man, um, and which is not ide- ideal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is what it is, you know. And uh, we're just kind of keeping ourselves busy. I- I'm working from home, you know. I'm still creating content, just like you guys are. Uh, so we're doing a, a podcast uh, and the family getting on with school. So we're still doing some homeschooling. My work, my wife works at ITV, so she's working remotely as well. So we're, we're doing okay. Um, we're, we're helping a neighbor out across the street who is an, a, a, an elderly gentleman who can't go get his paper every day. So one of the boys is doing it for him, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, London itself, how is London doing? It's quiet. As you can imagine, yeah. um, I haven't been into London properly since last Tuesday, um, when every every uh, piece of advice was anyway of social distancing, but just don't go in if you don't have to. So, um, sure. But you know, we're keeping that long answer um, to a short question is you know we're we're doing okay, Matt. We're doing okay. How is not even getting into the theatrical side of things just yet, but just sure. in general. What is the mood in the UK, in London? Um, I know because you're, is it fair to say you're in the suburbs of London? You're like, what, less than sure. an hour train ride from London? Oh my gosh, yeah, we're, we're 20, 20 okay. minutes from London Bridge. Yeah, we're, we're right, we're a train ride away. It's, it, it's, we're, we're a London postcode. So um, the mood in London is, uh, you know, it's interesting. People are just kind of getting on with it. No one really wanted to 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 do what they were told, which is to to kind of stay at home if you have to, um, and that was countrywide. I don't know if you guys saw. I mean, we saw the pictures of the spring breakers down in Florida. Ugh, what don't you remind had me. here don't remind was me. <laughs> well, what you had here was you know in Victoria Park and Green Park and Regents Park and every other park in London, Snowden. You know the national parks in the UK had their busiest days in recent or history that they could remember. So people kind of took the year off work and the sun finally came out, Matt. And this is what happens in England every year. We just don't happen to have a pandemic every year, but the sun comes out and everybody goes outside, which happened. And that's what prompted Boris Johnson to say, okay, people, you know, we're going to have to ramp this up. And, and that's when it started getting real. I think, um, people have, have realized we did have the whole thing with People hoarding toilet paper and flour and hand sanitizer and all that stuff that seems to be, um, you know, it's not a worldwide thing that has happened. A lot of countries managed to do it without hoarding, but uh, unfortunately, London was really a bad hoarding place. So the the, the shelves are still empty here. Um, so the general mood when it all started kicking off was also confusion because the way that it has um, happened, I mean, the, the, we're not as big a country, obviously, as the UK, uh, the United States. You know, we kind of fit into the landmass of California. So um, when you go on lockdown, it is a nationwide lockdown. That's it. Um, what happened, though, was that the information of what needed to ha- what we needed to do was drip feeding. And there was a lot of confusion to begin with. And I think that that is starting to to bed in now or starting to get clarity of how long this might go on for. 
And how long is that? I mean, obviously, there's a lot can change, but in terms of starting to get a grip and an idea for what the next few weeks, few months holds, sure. what does that look like for everybody in the UK? So we were told on Monday night that from the next day, we were going to have a mandatory three weeks of isolation, of lockdown. So we were not allowed to go outside. We aren't allowed to go outside unless it is for um, getting necessities such as food or uh, we were allowed to to go out once a day to get some exercise. And, you know, we have a dog, so we we walk hero. um uh, I just name check my dog. How weird is that? <laughs> now, <laughs> is that so? Okay, real quick. Hero is that named after like just general love of people that do well, or is that a Shakespearean reference? That is a Shakespearean reference. Well done, Matt. Very good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we we walk her once a day, and uh, you know we're sticking to the rules. But we have three weeks. They're going to review this again. Um, it could be that uh, this takes longer. You know. Um, the government has put in plans to, I mean, if we can, I'm sure we're going to talk about the financial um, outcome yeah. of, of these things. And, and I'm, I'll, I don't want to, uh, to lead the interview. You're going to ask the questions. <laughs> no, no, no. Lead away. You, you know what you're doing. Well, I, I was, I was going to, you know, going on from that, you know, the, what we have had um, in response to everyone having to stay at home. I mean, you've seen it, the, the economies have cratered, the stock markets have cratered and, you know, I'm self-employed uh, along with a bunch of uh, – well, everyone else in the theater industry, but the, also the employed um, – you know, proper people who work for you know, uh, grocery stores and uh, um, any business. You know, everyone's at home, and, and so the, the economic stimulus plan over here is you know, people are going to get 80 percent of their um, pay guaranteed by the government for – um, at least three months. They're going to review again in three months. And we've just been told today that self-employed people will, um, most of them, it's not going to, it's not going to, it's not a catch-all. Unfortunately, 100% of the people is never going to be um, achievable. But most self-employed people will have their, again, their incomes um, taken over, I think an average for the last three years, at up to three months paying 80 80% of that, up to two and a half thousand pounds. And I, I, I heard you guys talking on Broadway radio you know, like the $107,000 for a Broadway contract, you know, it will revert back to that minimum for a, a certain right. amount of time. And it, it's kind of the same thing here. Except for, in your case, it's the whole country. In it's the terms whole of that case, country. it's just a, uh, just one particular actor's union. But that's right. Isn't that crazy? It's the whole country that they're doing that just because I, I think that they realize that this is, a, it is massive. It's a huge thing. Um, God bless the NHS. It is it's seven forty here in at night, and in twenty minutes, they're they're doing a national round of applause for the NHS. So people are going to go oh, outside wow. the front door, step outside, or open a window and applaud so that the NHS workers can hear how much we appreciate them. I, um, I that can't. that's yeah. kind of the, the spirit at the moment over here. It's uh, stay calm and carry on, kind of kind of uh, exactly. mentality. Well, exactly. Speaking of that, let's let's talk a little bit about the theatrical side of things. I think we talked about it on today on Broadway and all of the theater fans kind of know that the West End in general and then London theater at large wasn't that far behind closing things down after Broadway did. I don't even think it was a full week, um, maybe maybe even just maybe just add a week or, or a few extra days. But yeah, um, something around there. 
what was the general sense of maybe why they delayed a little longer since the, I think the virus has probably been a little bit more active at the in the UK longer than it was in the US? And then what were some of the decisions that you heard people talking about leading up to that decision finally being made? Sure. So there was the um, the ideal behind it was kind of a herd immunity thing. Um, and that was in the papers that was reported. Yeah. It was widely reported that they were trying to do this herd immunization thing where some people get infected and some people wouldn't. They wouldn't get the, the virus. Some people would catch it. Some people wouldn't. And those who caught it would get better and be able to go back to work sooner. And then when they realized actually how quick this thing spreads, uh, they went, that's not going to be great. Um, so the, the way that the, the, um, government has kind of implemented their strategy has been a bit drip by drip by drip. Um, and I think, you know, who, who knows why they chose this other I, I mean, I, I'm not in the, in the cabinet room, uh, but <laughs> you know, they did look when Broadway announced it was closing, what was it on the 12th of March? Um, we felt it coming on the 16th of March, the society of London theater had issued a statement to say that West end theaters will now be closed. What that meant was that that was just the West end because London was the place that was the coronavirus is taking hold quickest. Tours were still going on. Um, fringe theaters was still happening. So people could still work. Um, yeah. so when, they, uh, and then, um, and it was the next day when there was just so much clarity, there was no clarity that they, um, they kind of suggested that other theaters should close and gatherings of of more than 500 people or then 50 people. It just it just slowly kind of got went uh, got to the point where they had to say just shut shut it down like any gatherings because theater by its nature is a gathering of strangers into a dark hot room a hot room and you know we don't have air conditioning over here so you know getting into a dark hot room with strangers and that's the perfect breeding ground for this kind of stuff to spread and i imagine that there's not much difference between the theater folk in the uk and the theater folk in the u.s in terms of how this is impacting them oh and that man. it is completely decimating it everything it's it's heartbreaking to and i know look look I heard you say on an episode of Broadway Radio that theater is your church. It is my church. It's my cathedral. It's the Absolutely. only thing I know. When when that announcement was made, all my work for the next six months was was taken away. Like all my financial security for the next six months was taken away. And you know, you hear people, and you you hear that I hate Twitter. And I love Twitter, you know, because it, it's it, the beast. It, it pisses me off, but I have to kind of be on it. And um, you see people saying, stop complaining. You should have stuff put away. And you go, yeah, we do have a tiny bit of money put away or whatever. But you don't think for hold on for six months. I know yeah. I'm not going to work. And then the, then the industry is going to have to ramp up. You tell me anyone who's cool sitting on their butts for six months and then waiting to get another job that's going to take three months for the show to come up or a production to start. You know, I was supposed to be filming next month in Bulgaria for um, for a film. I That's gone. Um, vo game voice. All this stuff is gone. Everyone in the West End was out of a job. And that's just the actors. I'm not talking about just the actors, sorry. That is the ushers. That is the, um, uh, you know, the, the theater management. The, everyone is not allowed to go in. Um, it, it just, it's really hard to explain how, 
frightening that is. It's just it is. I guess yeah. I'm admitting how frightened I was. And I, I, I when I heard that they were closing it down and it was going to be three months, I just went, oh, my God, I am screwed because yeah. because you just wipe your diary and all the zeros and all the ones that were going to in your budget have just <laughs> gone out the window. Um, and that is for a lot of people. And listen, I am, I'm in an okay position. My wife works, you know, we, there's an income that's been protected. You know, if I was an, a young, um, recent graduate, two years out of drama school and I'm, and, and I might be doing some, um, some stuff on the side or doing some student short films or being paid to do a short run on a, on a tour or in a, on a friend show and making mi- limited national uh, minimum living wage stuff. And to have that taken away is really, really scary. Yeah. Especially if they're doing the thing we were talking about where they're taking your average from the last three years and giving you a percentage of that. If you're so yeah. young that you didn't really have a wage – uh, no. Going back three years, that can be truly terrifying. But absolutely, and and the one thing, the one thing we did until today, until we got clarity. So there was a bit of the support for the self-employed finally came through today in the chancellor's um, announcements, where they were going to help and support self-employed, like they're doing people who are paying, uh, doing pay PAYE, which is your uh, federal income tax and state income tax. It's the same thing. Um, there was. Uh, a, it was it was put out there that we should all take universal credit, which means that we would get 90 pounds a week, roughly 90 pounds a week support, um, which was about four, just over 4,000 um, pounds pro rata a year to support our families, live off of, pay the mortgage. You, you do the math on that one, Matt. Yeah, I just did real quick. That's $109.65 <laughs> in terms of uh, the U.S. dollar. That's uh... – not a, a week. That's yeah. not a lot. Okay. No. Well, it, one of the things that we've talked about on today on Broadway and has been a big part of the discussion in the theatrical community while this is going on is the organizations that have stepped up to really support not just the actors, but um, everybody that works in and around the theater. Are there similar organizations that have begun to ramp up their fundraising and assistance and aid efforts in light of this uh, happening in the UK theater as well? Absolutely. There's the Entertainment Actors Benevolent Fund. I think that's now the um, oh uh, the Royal Variety uh, Benevolent Fund, it's called now. There's ACT. There are obviously the unions are, are, um, are uh, raising money to, to support their uh, their members, uh, you know, the Society of London Theatre is doing everything they can, not only in raising money to uh, or or raising awareness to get people to, to to who have the ability to reach into their pockets and and support some of these campaigns, um, but they also have a great page called um, theaterhelpline.org, and they have they it's a it's kind of a resource center. It's a telephone number you can get on there. It's it's they can help with. Any kind of health issues, including mental health and um, just a bit of career advice. And uh, there's all kinds of things that Society of London Theatre are doing and online. And also the stage newspaper and website have a coronavirus page that's uh, open normally. It's a subscription only. Um, Curtain Call will be putting out something on our website very soon. Again, it's just an aggregator for um, something to go on, which you could put a nice blog post on there. But there are lots of kind of resources out there that actors or or um, theater technicians or musicians, anyone 
who is affected by this in the theater can go and get support. Um, same thing. Netflix have we you, you reported as well have have put money um, into a fund for that helps people who are affected uh, by the coronavirus that have been working on their productions. Um, there are a lot of charities that are doing things. They're also um, in regards to making sure that people have opportunities to perform and be part of a project as well. You know, um, Jeremy Heron, who, uh, who directed people, places and things, um, both here and in at St. Aaron's warehouse. Um, he runs headlong, uh, theater company and they've just done, um, they've just announced, I don't know if you knew this, they announced something called unprecedented real time theater from a state of isolation. Oh. And they've reached out to almost a dozen playwrights to come up with, uh, to to develop plays that can be performed remotely by actors to get people thinking outside the box and creatively um, to keep the industry on its toes and 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 you know keeping the gears oiled. Uh, the theater cafe have done oh, kind of like Rosie O'Donnell did in her show. Um, got West End stars to come in and do um, little concerts. So they've it's called uh, I think it's called Leave a Light On Leave the Light On series. So cool. people are doing things. You know I've stepped up my podcast. I'm doing a daily podcast with people mm -hmm. who may not have had a chance to take a bow, you know, and so people, we've had people from Trinidad and Tobago. I spoke today to Sam Barrett, who is, um, he is the, he plays Timon in the Lion King on tour here in the UK. Um, and he was just talking about what inspired him to be in the business and how his parents are so proud of him and how he spends his days. And that kind of thing for me, uh, is, is what we should all be doing as well just to, to, to kind of keep it, keep it going. Yeah, I was going to uh, go into one of the things uh, with your, your podcast. You said, uh, I think last week or, or whatever, uh, that you wanted to hear from people during these times as what was the Absolutely. thought behind doing that? And what are some of the things you've heard beyond uh, the story you just mentioned that might have uh, uh, surprised you uh, as you start to reach out to folks? Yeah, I, you know, it is incredible the amount of ingenuity but also here's what i love about theater people is they adapt it doesn't matter what happens they just get on and they do things and and they're they accept any 90 degree turn that presents itself and they take it i was speaking to richard bryant who is a an assistant professor down at uh, one of the universities in trinidad and tobago now he got there via going to University of Illinois acting, then getting into Steppenwolf Theater Company. He was there for nine years and then took the, the opportunity to go down to Trinidad and Tobago. Wow. He was going there for six months. He's been there for eight years. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, a, a girl I talked to um, the other day in Spain. Uh, her name is, I'm going to say it wrong. I want to call her Dahlia, but her name is Dahlia Helsby. So Dahlia, I know you'll be listening. Um, but Dahlia was born in the UK. Her parents moved to Spain. She, her mom was an actress. She's started acting. She's now um, a singing coach and does voice reels and and and, and translates. There's a guy that was here at the East 15 Drama School. He's gone back to New York and is now writing. I mean, they're so. I love that kind of thing, and I, I want to hear from anybody and everybody. And tomorrow we have um, well, tomorrow which is Friday. Uh, uh, Ed Stoppard is on, um, and obviously his dad, Sir Tom Stoppard's play mm -hmm. Leopoldstadt, is one of the shows that is not playing at the moment, and and it, it got the best reviews. And um, 
and he's he's gutted that he's not being able to perform it every night. But we he talked about his start in the business and and when he decided to 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 do it, and he was inspirations are. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I want to hear from people about. And I don't care if you're a West End star or you're, uh, you know, you love doing, you've done every amateur theater production of Noises Off for the last 25 years. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I want to hear from you. Yeah. So if people are listening and they want to reach out, uh, how is the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. They can either um, log into one of their favorite social media platforms and look up at Curtain Call. Or honestly, I don't mind people writing to me personally at my Curtain Call email address, which is john at curtaincallonline.com. And just tell me why you'd like to talk. uh, And I will absolutely take everyone into consideration. Awesome. Well, I've got just a few more questions for you. You ironically mentioned that your wife works at ITV. And just mm. the other day, we heard that ITV is going to be doing an Olivier Awards special, yeah. Yeah. but it's not broadcasting like a live streamed version of the Olivier's from people's homes. Yeah. The, the fact that the Tony Awards earlier this week said that they were going to be postponed has been a big deal for a lot of people in the theater community. What is the sense of how is it as big for the Olivier Awards to be canceled as it would be for the Tony Awards? How are people kind of reacting around that? And has there been any word of some sort of remote Olivier Awards ceremony this year? Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, I sat down with the producer of the Olivier Awards not too long before we, before we had to go into isolation. My wife works on the Olivier Awards, so she's oh, okay, uh, she's worked go. at the Olivier Awards for the last how many ever years uh, at ITV. Um, and uh, well, it's why I get to go to the Olivier Awards every year, Matt. <laughs> but she they, listen, they were worried about it, and they had their fingers crossed. And you know, um, uh, you know, Amanda just uh, had to call it. They had to call it um, because it was just getting too close. Obviously, it was you know two weeks away. Uh, less than two weeks away, and there they haven't they haven't put the idea off uh, of the Olivier Awards being canceled completely. But I, I they're they're almost like wait and seeing it, just like the Tonys. They, they, they're yeah. they're postponing it. They just don't know when. Um, it's tricky because you you know everyone has seen that the Society of London Theatre have got their people out to judge the shows that have opened. I don't I don't think that all of the judges will have. Actually saying that, you know, they 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 did announce the shows that were eligible. I don't know mm-hmm. if all the judges were able to see all the shows, and that's the problem you have. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they had the same problem over there on Broadway as well. The Olivier Awards, I think it already announced their nominees. Just yeah. not, obviously that means that people are out there seeing shows that they can vote. Obviously a different yeah. situation with Broadway where – a lot of the shows that would have otherwise been eligible hadn't even begun performances or hadn't opened yet. So it's, yeah. they're at a different point in their individual respective schedules. Um, and those both have their own inherent difficulties uh, that come with it. Um, how important would that being canceled be? Like, would it be as catastrophic as it would be for well, New York theater if the Tonys were canceled? I think it's, I think it's huge. I mean, if you think of, uh, you know, um, six was, you know, even got an even bigger ex- 
exposure because of the Tony Awards and because it was, I'm sorry, on the, because of the Olivier Awards and because it was, you know, they, it tore the house down, brought it down at the Olivier Awards last year. And they were nominated for so many awards and people got to see what they were actually um, all about as well on a national platform. Um, I think it it does sell tickets. It, it's one of those things that people put on their marquees. You know, it, it was nominated for 10 Olivier Awards still means something. And in the, in the yeah. TKTS booth here, they're able to, to market that. Um, so it, it, it does resonate the same as the, a Tony Award. Obviously, um, theater savvy people over here will say the Tony Award winning bro- uh, transfer. You know, if it comes to yeah. an Olivier Award, people just know that name. In London, they know the Olivier Awards. Obviously, uh, your your average Joe may not know what a Tony Award is if they're of a certain generation and are just uh, specifically West End theater focused. Um, they will know the name Olivier because they saw him yeah. on stage or on their on their telly boxes. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it, there's so many things that are up in the air that it seems like whether it's London or New York or anywhere else around the world in terms of theatrical community that it, it feels just like a, a holding pattern right now to where it, if you look down for too long, you could see disaster. But if you feel like you have to tread water for too much longer, that could be disaster as well. So it just feels like everybody's walking this, to continue to mix my metaphors, a very wobbly tightrope, and you're not sure what's going to happen next. And that's almost scarier than anything else. Absolutely. Uncertainty in our business is never a good thing. Um, uncertainty does not sell. It just, it just doesn't sell. No. And I think it, you can't plan on that either. Um, and just as things can't open as quickly as they close, um, it takes a long time. You know, these guys that haven't performed their shows, I was speaking with Ed and he was hilarious. He, he just said, you know, John, maybe I should go over my lines again. I haven't performed the show in 10 days. I mean, if we had to go right back up, would I be able to perform? And yeah, and you kind of think, no, you wouldn't be able to, um, you know, Hamilton is a tricky show to perform. And if those dancers and that, that ensemble, hasn't been on stage on that triple turn at table. It, it ain't happening. Yeah. I mean, I said that as soon as they announced this initial four week delay right. of Broadway, which is obviously going to be extended, but like that means that, Probably after two weeks, people would have to start getting back into rehearsal, especially because in New York, there's a lot of shows that were still in rehearsal at the time that the the delay happened. So wherever the end date of this is in the future, it's going to take some time to get ramped up, whether that is during the downtime or after the downtime is over. We don't we still don't know. Like I said, everything is up in the air. Well, yeah. John, I appreciate it, and I, the best to your family, and happy birthday to your son. Yeah. I, <laughs> Thanks, probably Matt. not, Thanks. probably not the 18th birthday he was looking forward to. Um, well, you know, hey, listen, if if um, if anyone wants to give him a birthday present, you know, look him look him up on his Twitch. He'll be twi- he'll be he's a musician, so he'll play. He'll be playing okay. live at three o'clock this Sunday. Um, and every Sunday at three o'clock, he plays a mixture of kind of requests and and uh, his, okay. he's a singer songwriter. He's been accepted into the uh, Academy of Contemporary Music in Guilford uh, as a singer songwriter. He's uh, you know, if you want to give him a birthday present, watch him as J.D. Schwab 02. Um, that's his Twitter handle and his Instagram handle, J.D. Schwab 02. And, you know, give him a birthday present that he'll 
because <laughs> Lord knows he's not been able to go to the pub to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's uh, at three o'clock uh, Greenwich time. So that's what Greenwich eleven time. That's eleven a.m. Eastern. It is eleven a.m. Eastern until Sunday when it, it's oh, it'll God. be ten a.m. I know, I know, Matt. Listen, <laughs> Greenwich Mean Time, three o'clock. Okay, figure out, do the math on your own, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, John, thank you again. Um, continued uh, health and safety over there, and everybody needs to. If you don't already have the uh, Curtain Call podcast on your uh, whatever app you're using to download podcasts, make sure that you get it because John and Matt, as always, do remarkable stuff over there. And uh, and hopefully we can see something well, come to a close in the somewhat near future. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt, for having me on. Um, you know, as long as we're in the Mutual Appreciation Society, I've been listening to you guys for almost almost since since the first show and um what you and james and now ashley and and everybody has done ha- has been um integral to my understanding of modern broadway and how it works and um and it it is the it is the one podcast i look forward to receiving every day and one of these freaking days i'm going to get peter felicia's quiz right and it's going to nah. kill me but uh, I am going to do it. But thank you uh, so much for all the hard work that you guys do over there, too. I really, really appreciate it. You know I'm going to edit all that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll leave it in just for you. That'll be your son's birthday present. Uh, okay. But, uh, but <laughs> we'll, we'll talk soon, John. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. All right. See ya.